Hey everybody, it's me, Seth Allen, again, welcome to my secret basketball podcast, Pepe Sanchez, episode 3. Pepe does not know about this. I wonder if he ever will, that will be a a strange experience probably for him, or maybe not, maybe he's just used to so much hype and uh, uh, stalkers, <laughs> which is what this feels like. Anyways, oh my god, everything's going, everything's going, basketball's popping, we got college, we got the pros, everything's spicy, a lot of spice. Um, I want to read a couple reviews for the podcast, uh, one calling it the and one mixtape of podcasts. Um, I assume that means it's uh, it's it's created by a white devil to uh, steal the cultural work of black people. Um, <laughs> um, no, they, they made money, I'm not. Okay, uh, Essential Listening. Seth is the nation's premier underground basketball reporter. Mandatory listening for real hoop ads. That's from Free Tyreek Evans. I'm pretty sure I know who that is. The And One Mixtape of Podcasts is by I Honestly Don't Get Pop K-Pop. Uh, you found this podcast under your brother's bed when he wasn't home, and you better put it back before he gets home. Five out of five. That is comparing this podcast to porn, I think. Um, so, you know, go ahead and, if you're blasting ropes to this, you know, whatever floats your boat, um, it's fine with me. Uh, I just don't need to know about it. Uh, I want to debut a new topic right off the jump here. Wemby Wars. You know, I was talking about this on Twitter a lot before I left Twitter, um, and now since that's over, for me at least, uh, I'm bringing it to the Pepe Sanchez uh, podcast. The Wimby Wars are off to an awkward start, I would say. Teams, trying, teams I would have said, preseason, uh, top three Wimby Wars teams uh, accidentally fucked around and started winning. Um, but another part, this is like a subset. We've covered that. A subsection of the Wimby Wars for me. This is, re- this is a... Maybe a subtopic, maybe it'll break into its own, is, um, but there's some crossover here, is I'm starting a floater three-pointer watch, uh, sponsored by Juan Carlos Navarro. The floater three is the last, um, I don't know what you call it. It's an unstoppable move that you see sometimes that has not been normalized yet. It's one of the last ones. Like, I was talking to somebody about how, like, when, you know, when I went and watched these these kids at this um, at this PT forty workout, primetime forty workout. These these high school kids, they all shoot step back, and they don't don't just do step backs. They do side steps. They do floaters from the from the free throw line. They're doing all these things that didn't really exist in the um, episteme of basketball, if you will, when I was a, when I was their age, right? Like there there was there was just a limit. It was like an idea you couldn't have because it wasn't in your time, <laughs> right? Um, not to drop some philosophy terms on you, but anyways, so now I'm seeing enough, enough people have done the, the floater three. I think to me, I'm calling it the, it's sponsored by Juan Carlos Navarro because I don't know if he was necessarily the first, but he was definitely the first person I saw do it regularly. Um, of course he hit team USA with that big one. Um, so the point is bringing it back to Wimby Wars is that Wimby has now hit a few of these and I hope he's working seriously to get that into his game and not just because he's so dominant and in his sauce right now that he's feeling himself and he's like, yeah, I'll just shoot this uh, one-legged three-pointer. And, you know, you can do it as a floater. You can do it as a little Dirk fadeaway if you want. Um, There's going to be a lot of variations of this, 
But I'm just waiting for who's going to be the the NBA player who really, like, claims this. You know what I mean? The first one who popularizes it. It's like, you know, Manu's Eurostep, and then, like, maybe Wade kind of took that. Um, Dirk's one-legged fade. Who's going who's gonna to be the guy who's the, the one-legged three-point shooter? And it's going to be absolutely insane if it's the seven-foot-two guy from France. All right? It's going to be crazy if he's the one who's like, oh, no, that's a good shot for him. And then everyone else will start doing it, right? Uh, because he will he he will have get it normalized that, that this is a shot that's good. Also, it's crazy. I, I haven't heard too many people point this out about Victor, that he's 7'2", and th- you hear that a lot. But it's also we need to recognize the difference between a 7'2 from outside the U.S. and a 7'2 from inside the U.S., an American, it's kind of like when you look at the tongue of a shoe and it's got the U.S., the U.K., the whatever, the different sizes. Um, seven two. Americans lie about their size in basketball. It's a cultural tradition unlike any other, right? You, everyone does it. Um, so if someone in the NBA who's seven two is probably uh, seven foot or six eleven. Uh, who knows, right? But someone from France who's seven two is actually 7'2". He'll measure at 7'2". There's even rumors that he's taller, but it, but a 7'2 uh, Euro converts to about a 7'8 American. So it's insane. And he's he might he, he looks like he's staking a little claim in the floater three, the one-legged three watch as well. Um, but again, I, can, I need to stream some of those those Metropolitan games because I see the... I just see highlights right now. And he is clearly just uh, in his... He's he's full in the sauce and he's fucking around. So maybe he's just playing. I don't know. Uh, last night was a big one. Uh, I I ended up having to double fist uh, Kansas Duke on the TV, Blazer Spurs on the laptop, uh, and then I clicked over and watched uh, the Beavers go to three and zero because they played an NAIA team, which uh, that's kind of a drag on the old uh, schedule maker there, uh, if you ask me. But um, incredible. Uh, one thing I gotta get off my chest. This is another spicy one. Portland as a city, as a collective, we gotta move on from the PDX carpet. It was it was kind of fun. It was fun, quirky, like 15 years ago, or whenever that was. And that's it. The only thing worse than the PDX carpet being the go-to. Hey, this is Portland merch. Uh, that would be if they put like if the Blazers did like a voodoo donut uniform, which I don't put past them because this carpet shit is horrible and it's got to go. And I've heard a legend from sources sources say um, that the NBA wanted the PDX jersey, the the port, the airport carpet jerseys, that the Blazers didn't really have a choice in that uh, because they know it sells. You know, like that stupid shit. That's why you keep seeing it, because motherfuckers keep buying it. But I gotta say. I don't like it. I think it's sad. I think we can do better. Um, fucking Pepe Sanchez uniforms, dude. Anything would be better than PDX carpet. I mean, we could do... I mean, they could do... Uh, fucking Mount Hood uniforms. Uh, they could, oh, you know me. Oh, we go in there. We'll get some Rothko unis, dude. We'll get some fucking Rothko uniforms with just a fucking big abstract fucking square on them. Hell yeah. Now we're going. But I'm not in the room. I'm not in the room. I'm not allowed to make these decisions uh, for good reason. Um, 
Anyways, like I don't, I don't like the city uniform. I like some of them in general. There's always like a couple really good ones, but it is like a, is you know, it's just capitalism. They got, they got to make more money. They got to do something. They got to sell more shit that we don't need to us. Uh, we're all trapped in this system together, right? I just wish we could do it with a little more uh, panache than the PDX fucking carpet. There's more shit in this city. Oh, what about Blazers themed jerseys, huh? That would be insane. I got. This is another thing. I'm not a, I was watching games like last week or something and like the, a lot of the teams, there was like a, some night, I don't know if this was a, just a coincidence or a concentrated effort to fuck with me by the NBA, but there was a bunch of games where the home team, the, the road team was wearing white and the home team was wearing their colors. And it fucked with me till no end. I had to keep checking what was on the court. Very confusing. Hated it. We don't got to mess with this shit. You know what I mean? I mean, too much. I know you got to sell your fucking... You got to make us think we need something we don't. And that's what this whole model is based on. But, uh... Horrible. Anyways, the actual basketball. Um, I love this. This is the best. This is the time. This is the zone of the Blazers. And because not that many people listen to this, I think we're still probably trying to hang on to the being the 214th ranked basketball podcast. But the Blazers are in this wonderful zone. And if I was saying this on, if I was on Twitter saying this, people would be like, "Oh, this guy's so cynical. This guy's so jaded," which is not true. I have tons of enthusiasm. That's what people don't ever understand. Um, it's just, it just goes in all directions. Um, <laughs> um, the zone the Blazers are in, I don't know what you want to call it, the halos. Let's call it the halo zone um, because we're still charmed and excited that they're good and the flaws are not really, nobody cares about them right now. Part of that is just winning, but also part of that is, hey, this is new and good. This is our, this is, and... You know, the shine of that hasn't worn off yet. But you can totally see some some pretty major flaws. And I don't know how long, maybe if they just have a three-game losing streak. I don't know how long it takes. But um, Jakob Pertle, the Vienna Sausage himself, looked like fucking Wilt Chamberlain against the Blazers. Nurk had to get benched in the fourth quarter because he was getting torched by Jakob Pertle. I haven't seen Jakob go off like that since he was at Utah, you know, banging on Oregon State or whoever, you know, some some like 6'6 guy, and he was just doing his, his thing. And I don't know how the Vienna Sausage name has not caught on. I've been calling him it for years. He is from Vienna, he's from Vienna, and his skin is pale pink like the sausage, and he's long. Like a sausage, even though those sausages are short. I get there's some problems. It's not perfect. But Vienna sausage, all right? Um, and it was really interesting. First of all, I do like that Chauncey went ahead and benched uh, Nurkic. And, I mean, but if you're Nurk and you sign that big, that pretty big contract and the coach is going with, um, you know, Troutdale's finest, Drew Eubanks, over you in the clutch, who's on a minimum deal, you're getting benched for a minimum player. Um, that's bad. That's a bad look. There's, and I don't know if there's going to be some kind of Nurk deal. I don't know who would, who wants him at this point. Maybe the Clippers. I don't know. Maybe you throw some teams out there. Uh, but it just seems like if this is, if the, if the guy they gave the money to 
has to sit down in crunch time because he can't guard Jakob Purtle. It's over. I know, but nobody, we don't really need to talk about that. The vibes are still good. We're still in the halo phase. Another thing is like Jeremy Grant has been so good for the Blazers, right? It's just so amazing to see a small forward who can like shoot and score. We just haven't had that for so long in, in you know, and, and play defense and do all that stuff. It's like, remember when like Aminu would be open and you'd be like, oh God, buckle up. You put your little seatbelt on. All right, here we go. Let's see what this, uh, this, this giraffe does here or whatever. <laughs> whatever. She, someone once told me he looks like a giraffe when he dribbles and I could never shake the visual. Um, Jeremy Grant doesn't rebound. It's he's he's weirdly averse to rebounding, um, especially for a guy that's supposed to be a, a defense guy as well as like a shot maker. So um, that's the, that's the Nurk. The Blazers to me are in a Nurk conundrum where he, Nurk is not really cutting it, but he's also him along and along and Josh Hart are probably the only plus rebounders on the team. I mean, I'm not I didn't check, but I would guess that. Um, Nurk and Hart are the only two above-average rebounders on the team, and uh, most of them are just not good rebounders at all. Like, like you're not getting many rebounds out of Jeremy Grant. That's just his career, right? Um, Simons, no. Dame, no. Right? There's just not. There's not a lot of rebounding out there. So you need Nurk, but also Nurk's killing you. Fucking. Jakob Perto looked like Wilt Chamberlain. Did you see when he started just drib- dribbled down the court, hit a fucking running hook shot off the glass? I'm like, this is hilarious. The Vienna Sausage. You got to count for him. Career high. Congratulations to him. Then I got on the TV. I got I got that on the laptop cooking. I got Kansas Duke on the TV, which is a great... We're in the phase now where the big college basketball matchups are finally starting, like the big the big important ones that you, you care about, even if you're not a fan of either team, you know, because they're a big enough matchup. Um... We we, uh, which I think that those officially start with the uh, aircraft carrier games. Which if could you have you ever tried to describe describing college basketball to someone outside of America is almost impossible. Like the the money involved, the 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 dark money, the NIL, uh, the teams, the fact that these are like big schools and private schools, and it costs a bunch of money, and they make up billions of dollars. They don't give that to the players. Um, but the um, then you take all that that whole concept, and you put it on an aircraft carrier, <laughs> and we do it every year. That's how you kick off the season. You know, let's get uh, Michigan State on an aircraft carrier, give them some uh, camouflage uniforms. You know, and uh, it's like we just we have too many aircraft carriers. If we're using some of them for basketball games, you know, any other, <laughs> you know, the, the most aircraft carriers another country has, China has like two and that's the most after America who has, uh, 9,000 or whatever. <laughs> it's probably like 11 or 12, but they, it's like, it's just that it's, it's like, yeah, we got enough here. You can go, uh, go hoop it up on this aircraft carrier. It's like, oh yeah, it's this whole weird, uh, making big money off kids amateurs model of and sharing very little of that with them um and now we let's mix in some uh military industrial complex recruiting into it it's insane that we do this anyways i watch a kansas duke uh and my worst fear ha- well not my worst fear it's always good to watch duke lose 
especially this early in the season, and they're already losing. I mean, they have a couple guys out. Uh, I did like I like Derek Whitehead a lot at Hoop Summit. He was one of my he maybe my favorite guy there. He's not playing yet, so Duke is gonna be better than they are, um, even talent wise. And they're already like a top you know top team. But anyways, <laughs> when I changed to the game, I was like. Um, I was like, this is, feels like this is going to be a Grady Dick takeover. I'm not LeBron lying about Kobe's 81 right here. I was like, it's just a, it's just a fear I have. I don't trust the American media basketball complex to treat Grady Dick responsibly. I think this is going to be a guy who is going to get the White Hope treatment and beating Duke. Uh, it already sets it off, all right. And he is, he is as white as the driven snow. I mean, and not like the white that you know I prefer. He's, <laughs> you know what I mean. He's the white. He's like the, he's the private school. His whole family looks like a Stepford family. Uh, you know, devout Christian, conservative. You know, he's more of a Gordon Hayward, but um, preppier. You know what I mean? Uh, and at, <laughs> when he was at Hoop Summit, I. Was I was kind of like struck and creeped out by how his whole family looks exactly like him. And so I snuck a little pic of his family and the security guard asked me to leave immediately. <laughs> He's like, hey, I don't think you could be here. Which I could be there. I was just in my seat. But uh, he wanted me to leave. It was way after the game. It was irresponsible. I, didn't, I wasn't going to po- post it anywhere. I was just going to share it with the group chat or two, you know. Uh, but, uh, I was asked to leave anyways. Uh, so he, he put it on, he came through big. He's he one of those, he is one of those types of players who can have a bad night and then, you know, win the game at the end. So he, he's got that, uh, self-assuredness, uh, which of course he does, uh, with it, with him being him. So, um, all in all, let's not, let's not muddy the waters here. Duke losing was good. Um, talk about the Duke. Uh, hater power rankings you know they're they're in there they might be the only they're one of the only non-nba teams that cracks my hater power rankings and they are there permanently they're like one of those teams like in euro basket they're just permanently in the league even if they have a year where they're not hateable they're just they still get to be in there because of a a such a long track record of hateability so <laughs> that's it uh speaking of the hater watch uh i want to call it i watched a uh, lakers nets and a completely like insignificant game, but it was so f- it's so strange. This is the Lakers have some of this too, and I've talked about it with the Nets before. Is what's kind of like mesmerizing to me is that it's at, at both times it is the highest level of basketball you can see and the lowest level of basketball you could see in the NBA at the same time. It's bizarre to watch. First of all, I turn it on. In the third quarter, I get to it. Uh, front row, and uh, this is at the Lakers game. Front row is in LA, entirely empty. There's like people are taking their time getting back to their seats, which I know in LA they kind of do anyways. But not when the Lakers are good. They're back. Their asses are back in the seats. You know what I mean? Um, and so they're they're like kind of deep in the third quarter. <laughs> Courtside is still filling up. You know. Um, and it's just like LeBron was out, but it's like Kevin Durant doing incredible Kevin Durant things. And then like a guy blows a layup, (laughs) dribbles off his leg out of bounds, but also Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis would do something incredible here and there. It was so bizarre to watch. 
Anyways, and I get maybe the Lakers. I don't know what the Lakers have at halftime for front for courtside people. I bet I imagine it's just an eyes wide shut orgy. And granted, LeBron's out. You're like, yeah, I'm gonna hang around here and uh, you know, go to this glory hole. <laughs> I'm gonna see both sides of the glory hole. LeBron's out, you know. So you know, I'm gonna take my time, enjoy this. I don't know. I went to one Lakers game in L.A. I went to a. Uh, a finals game against the Celtics in when was that it was the Celtics title I believe um and it was incredible I was there and I was like uh I spent I remember a couple hundred bucks on the ticket which was just crazy at the time uh I mean it's still kind of crazy but I mean it was Celtics Lakers finals right um I saw if you go on YouTube and you type in like something Celtics Lakers fight there's a video I uploaded from the game way back then uh of uh some Celtics fans and Lakers fans fighting outside of the uh, Staples Center uh yeah there's a lot of like fights uh, which is just so funny to me uh it's just so ridiculous that you're gonna go fight a guy because he wears a, <laughs> a different color uniform to the game first of all you're both grown men wearing uh you know player uniforms to a game uh and then you got to take it to the next level which is physical violence uh just just wild but i did like the the lakers game experience was great besides that i remember thinking like oh they had that live band the way they liked the court it was true that it was um much better and more big time feeling than a than uh, as a live experience than the blazers uh and it was it was like the first big time and like the the worst one i've ever gone to nba game wise was like the i went to a timberwolves game um, back in the day too and that felt did not feel like an NBA game I was there I was like wow this was crazy it was like ten dollars to get in and I remember walking in there's a lot of homeless people that or some at least uh who had bought a ticket just to get out of the cold right it like kind of doubles as a shelter um that's how affordable the tickets are uh, and how bad our, our system is it's supporting people who are having a hard time um and then I remember our section one like free mini pizzas because of some contest and uh i didn't get a pizza because they ran out of pizzas because <laughs> they didn't anticipate they only had pizza. <laughs> they're like oh you're section 127 you're the big winners oh shit we only have enough prizes for like a third of you so they didn't give us it's not like and then they're like oh you know what we, we're out of pizzas but we'll give you tickets to the next game or we'll give you uh jamba juice something a Jamba Juice uh, coupon. It was like just nothing. It was like, ah, we ran out of pizzas. What are you going to do? It's the wolves. <laughs> he just walked away. I did get it absolutely sick. Um, that was that year they were trying to push Michael Beasley for the All-Star team. And so I got a sick uh, Michael Beasley for All-Star t-shirt, which is just like, even in the time, it was funny. And then it aged even better. And I wore it until it was completely uh, threadbare and, and falling apart. And then uh, I still wore it. And then I was like, okay, I have to give up the ghost here. Uh, what an incredible time to be alive. All right. Um, let's see. I, I, was, <laughs> I got curious to watch Montverde games. I was like, I had this thought of like, I bet you can stream Montverde Academy games. There's no way they don't have that set up for psycho parents and for... Uh, people like me unfortunately and scouts or whatever right guess 80 dollars a year and you can stream montvert academy games that's insane that's crazy uh, uh i don't 
don't know what my number was. Honestly, it's probably 20, and I would have, <laughs> I would have done it. Uh, but anyways, I, I'm, I'm, I'm way behind. I can't get into Montverde Academy when I'm not even watching the Metropolitans, you know, on the app. So, or the G League Ignite. I haven't watched them yet either. So, anyways, um, I think that's gonna do it for this episode of Pepe Sanchez. I mean, basketball's going crazy. I mean, next week is the the Phil Knight uh, Legacy Tournament. They call it. Oh, I got a weird spice prediction. The Beavers, man, three and zero. I think they might. What if? Now this is crazy. I know this is crazy. They play Duke next week on Thanksgiving. What if they get them? What if they get them? You may or may not remember. If you've listened to this pod, you probably do. Portland State gave it to Duke, to a Duke super team at the PK tournament. Um, And that was the game when um, they ended up losing in the second half because Duke went to a zone. They made Duke get out of their man-to-man and play zone. Portland State, all right? And that was a sick Portland State team, too. It's It's no knock on them. But it, it that like, but of course Duke's like guys are all way way taller, bigger, better, all that stuff, and they were down, um, because Portland State just had some some bag some bag scores and all that stuff, and they wouldn't, and they were like relentless. They were going at them, big opportunity for them, and I'm wondering, and the and then the that Duke team sucked and ended up playing a zone the rest of the year, and like Portland State brought them to that realization. Like Coach K was like, wow, we can't hang with Portland State playing man defense, I guess I need to go zone for most of the rest of the year. Okay. Wow, what a great coach. Amazing. Um, can't get his uh, <laughs> five-star guys to, to stay in front of someone uh, four inches shorter than them and slower than them. Anyways, um, h- hater power rankings. Um, I feel the Beavs, they got, they might, I don't know if they'll, I'm not going to go out and say they'll beat Duke, but I think, I think they might do a little better than you think, especially when Duke's got a couple other five stars are still out, right? The center, and then uh, my guy Derek Whitehead, they're out. Um, the Beavers got a little a little spunk in the trunk, if you will, spunk in the trunk. Uh, and I could see him jumping out. It's a big opportunity. Um, Pope, the, the true freshman point guard, is like so. The rest of the basketball. Uh, landscape hasn't acknowledged this yet. They haven't seen it yet. They might after Duke, but Pope is a savior of this team. He's very good. He's he's very effective, and these are the first college basketball games he's played. That's a hugely positive sign for the Blazers, and I doubt Duke really looks at... They're not like watching tape of the Beavers. There's no way John Shire has them in there breaking down a <laughs> fucking... Glenn Taylor blowing layups <laughs> or Chole like not re- or their seven eight center not rebounding he he has a I don't know if I want to call this the Kyler Kelly stat a Kyler Kelly or whatever but or, but um there's a type of center who will in many games get more blocks than rebounds and that's always like a fun guy to me you know that's someone I always root for uh, unorthodox uh, kind of like bad at your main job that you would want um but great at another the secondary one i don't know anyways pepe sanchez let's the pk tourney it's all cracking the blazers good they're in the halo zone don't stay in it stay in it as long as you can let's try to stay in it as long as we can let's not talk about nurk let's not talk about the nurkic conundrum where he at one point is not good enough anymore 
And at the other, on the other hand, is the only rebounder besides their shooting guard. <laughs> oh, lots to chew on. Uh, Pepe Sanchez, episode three. Thank you.